And swing your partner round and round. I'm deaf in one ear. I'm deaf in one ear. Swing your partner round and round. I'm deaf in one ear. I'm deaf in one ear. I put a Q-tip in my ear because I wanted to clean my ear. Dosey do round and round. I push some wax all around. Now I can't hear out this ear. <laughs> I forget which one it is. My balance is off. My balance is off. Swing your partner round and round, even though they're gonna get all dizzy because they got vertigo because they put a Q-tip in their ear and now they can't hear out that ear. Swing your partner round and round. do <laughs> I can't hear out of this ear. I can't hear out of this ear. Ugh. Um, I made the egregious mistake of uh, trying to Q-tip my ears. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes it gets all cloggy in there. And you go, up, oh, uh-oh, you know, when you, like, your ear itches, so you scratch it like this on the outside, and then you, sh you move something around, and uh, just like that, you say, oh, no. Well, I just moved something into the ear hole, and now I'm only ever going to be able to hear in mono, not stereo. There goes my ability to listen to things in stereo now. I might as well buy single ear pods. Do they sell single ear pods? Do I have to buy them in pairs? Can I just buy one? Because now I'm deaf in one ear because I got an itch and I scratched it. And so sometimes you take a Q-tip and you go, let me, let, me just, uh, let me just have a little twist around in there. Even though people warn you, they say, don't use a Q-tip, they say. But you say, nah, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure this one time, I'm sure this one time it'll be okay if I just Q-tip one time. And then you do, and it makes it worse. Listen, this is the other, okay, so I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to tell you guys a little something, something about me that may or may not make you comfortable, but it's honest, and I'm the realest one there is. You remember when I said that? It's still true. It'll always be true. I'm the realest one out there. And so, I'm a wax producer. What does that mean, Alval? Good question. My father told me that in this life, there are two types of people. There's regular people, and there's wax producers. And wax producers produce a lot of earwax. I don't know if I might be one of those wax producers because I got a clownch on the regular. Now you say, Algus, Avagus, what is this clownching that you speak of? Well, check this out now. It's a word I made up. <laughs> it's a word I made up for the activity of you take this, uh, what is it? It's like saline solution. You buy it at the store. You buy it at the pharmacy. You buy it at your al your local alchemist, and then you do so a couple drops, five or so drops in your ear, and then you lay on your side for about three minutes, three to five. You let the thing dissolve. It feels really weird. You got a, you got wet in your ears. Nobody likes wet in their ears. Everyone likes a dry ear, but your ear is wet, and that's no fun. And so you sit there. Praying with your ear to the gods, full of wet, and it's gross and it feels bad. And then you take a little turkey baster thing that comes with the little kit, and you fill it with fresh water, 
and you go and you blast the ever-living Jesus out of your ears. And then the wax comes out, presumably, usually, and, uh, you know, you feel like an archaeologist because you've unearthed some beautiful amber that you could hang on some jewelry. It looks like, you know, one time I clounched my ear. So that's what I call it. The activity is called clounching. I just made that word up when I was a kid just because it it's a automatopoeia because it makes, it goes clounch and then uh, you clean out your ears. And listen, um, you, when you do that, I mean, there's not, there's, there isn't, there's no better feeling because afterwards you're like, I can hear colors. I can hear the turning of the wheel of time itself. You know, do I have a space between my teeth? It might be all the red wine I drank at dinner today. Um, <laughs> are my teeth red? They might be. Maybe it's this lighting. This lighting's really accentuating the spaces in between my teethers. Um, so anyways, clouching and you get, you go, you clouch and then you could hear the spinning of the wheels of time. You can hear colors. You can, if you listen close enough, you could listen to your ancestors calling you and they're saying, um, you have, you're, you got too much wax. That's what they said. Enjoy not having wax. And, uh, it's, it's a great feeling. And when I was a kid and I would clounch, when I had a fresh clounch on, baby, there was no stopping me. I would run through the house. I would just take off sprinting around the house because the wind would whoosh against my ears after a fresh clounch. And it was just such a great feeling. I felt like I was one with God. Um... God, there was something I wanted to say about clouching too. I know uh, Q-tips are not good for your ears, and I don't like them. I know it always makes it worse before it makes it better. So I don't know why I do them. It's a temporary solution until I can find some time and privacy to clounch. It's a very intimate thing. It's a very intimate time of my life. It's me time where I get to clounch my ears. And, and it's refreshing. There's a purity. There's a starting anew. I get some sweet amber out of it that I sell to a local uh, antique roadsman. Some, there's a guy with a carriage that comes by every Saturday and I give him my wax. And he's like, oh, this is a good crop. Sometimes he's like, wow, where did you get this? And I'll be like, it's amber. I got it along the Baltic Sea coast. And he'll be like, oh, and then he'll hang it on some jewelry and sell it to uh, an 86-year-old Lithuanian woman for $2,000. It's a racket. It's a racket I got. It's a racket I got from clounching. So there you go. For all you clounchers out there, sound off. I want to know who else clounches. I want to know who else is shoving turkey basters in their ears and getting fantastic results. Raise show of hands. Who else can hear the wheel of time? <laughs> um, as as of right now, as of this taping, it is Thanksgiving Sunday in Canada. It is October eighth, 
which is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, October 9th in Canada. Um, a day in which we celebrate the colonizers. Um, Jacques uh, Cartier. Wow, I was about to get really mad that I didn't remember. Jacques Cartier hailed as the uh, discoverer, the head colonizer of, of Canada. Um, good old Cartier. What a good guy. All those colonizers were such good guys. <laughs> they were all such good guys. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, have you clounched? When was the last time you clounched? Is this just a me thing? I really wish I knew anyone. I was going to say I wish I knew more people who clounch. It's just me and my sister who clounch. Sorry to call her out, throw her under the bus, but it's just me clounching away and my sister. And I don't have to clounch often. I clounch every like two to three months, but it gets it gets blocked up in there and I stop being able to hear that well. So I'm you guarantee you guarantee your ass. I'm gonna be doing it after this. Anyways, that's a lot of talk about clounching. Um, I'll admit. I'm a little frazzled, a little, because this I won't, I won't go into great length. Oh my God. That's a scary video. There's a girl in a chair. Horror girl. Horror. Horror girl. All right, I'll just get off your phone. Um, I, where do I start? There's two things I want to talk about. Number one. I'm just going to vent about this real quick. We'll keep it, we'll keep it quick. But I do get the occasional gentleman in my DMs. And I get the occasional, uh, sometimes there, there are sort of phases where uh, a gentleman will find, and I'll call, and I'll be generous. But, um... You know, these people tend to be maybe a little bit more on the wholesome side. That's the thing. So I, I'll call, it's a gentleman. There will be a gentleman who takes a fancy to me online. This, there'll be a gentleman who takes a little fancy of me online, right? And what he'll do is he will make his intentions known, not in any kind of salacious, um, uh, triple X way. He will, he will try to flirt with me or say some compliment in my comments. A reply guy is what sometimes they're called. Where like every post that you put up, some kind of thing underneath with flowers and like, oh, I wish I was there with you. I wish I could marry you. Wholesome but persistent, you know? And I posted a picture a month and a, a two months. A month and a half now ago in which it was just a cute selfie I took in the kitchen and there was a toaster in the background and I didn't know how to caption it so I did some joke about how hey it's me and the toaster hanging out classic duo man we got some we've had some adventures me and this guy we go way back and so one of my reply guys who has been desperately trying to grab my attention and elicit a response from me, even though I'm not particularly interested, it's nothing personal, I'm just not, there's nothing there, and that's okay, 
That's okay, Algus, Avagus. It's okay to not be attracted to every stranger who leaves roses <laughs> under your fucking photos, girl. Come on. This guilt complex. Anyways, so so this is the point I'm getting to. So after un, under every comment after that for the past like month and a half, it's it's been like it's been all about the toaster. What started out as an innocuous, just a simple, silly, stupid half thought up improvised caption about a toaster now this guy ever since that picture he was like oh i'm jealous of the toaster which ha okay that's funny but every photo since then has been like is the toaster there oh am i gonna have to fight your toaster this guy has not left the toaster thing alone for 40 days he's Everything is about his jealousy for this toaster. Leave the fucking toaster alone. <laughs> you know? So finally, I think I posted a, a story or something about somebody saying hey and me saying hey and them saying hey again. And so I screenshotted it and posted. I was like, ah, yes. The, the sophisticated dance of courtship. The art of conversation. Um, making fun of this, you know, this exchange. And, uh, and this guy was like, oh, yeah, at least the toaster got a response. And he's not wrong. And this is the thing. In the end, I had to be, I had to be up front with him. Because I forgot to leave this out. We had a conversation a long time ago in which it just didn't go anywhere. So I... So I did give him a half chance. And I respond to too many people in my DMs. I give too many chances, to be fair. I'm full, so full of guilt that I think every person who messages me, what if they're nice? What if they're a good person? I ought to give them a chance. But there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much bandwidth. And most of you, not most of you, I shouldn't say, but most of... The people who start out with, hey, are fucking creeps. You're creeps. Creepy men who just want, a, a, you know, how long is your tongue? <laughs> I got that the other day. Somebody said, can I ask you a question? I go, and I, and I, there's, it's always, you're never going to like what comes next. It's never good what comes next. So I said, <coughs> Okay, if it's not about my genitals, shoot. And he went, how long is your tongue? I was like, read the fucking room. If I didn't want you to ask about my genitals, I probably, uh, I'm not too keen on you asking how long my fucking tongue is. It's not like I was like, yeah, you could ask me anything, just not about my genitals. And then he'd be like, how long is your tongue? And I would be like, oh, thank God. I have been waiting for somebody to ask. Let me take a sh quick video. <laughs> there you go. Now you just saw how long my tongue was. But what makes you think my initial response saying, okay, as long as it's not about my genitals, are you that dull that I need to be more specific? Is there not enough implication in me saying, okay, just don't ask about my genitals? Isn't there an implication in there that's like, don't be weird. Don't make it sexual. Don't ask some 
invasive question, even though length of tongue, maybe he's a biologist. Maybe he's gathering data. I highly doubt it. <laughs> I'm not going to give him that much goodwill and benefit of the doubt, but yeah, how long is your tongue is not an innocent question. Anyways, I digress. So, so this guy has just been obsessed with it in, in a jealous, obsessive rage against this toaster that I seemingly hang out with all the time. And uh, so finally I had to be like, listen, man, I'm going to be honest. It's not working out. And he took it like a champ. And he was like, well, all right, then I wish you all the best. I will unfollow you now. And 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 this is I recognize this behavior and I'm calling it out. This is me calling myself out straight up because I'm the realest one there ever was. Um, I, I had a pang of guilt and part of it. I'm not going to lie. It was a shallow associate, a shallow clout association thing. Losing a fan. I take that personally. Losing a follower. It's pathetic. And I have to explore this. I have to get over this because this is I, as I'm saying these words, I so resent this about myself. This isn't healthy and I don't like it. And I'm not endorsing this kind of behavior, but at least I'm identifying it and I'm calling it out for what it is, which is the first step to change. So I got I got a pang of guilt that not only number one was I like, oh, I just I just lost a follower. I could have just like. I could have just tolerated all the toaster stuff for years. I could have tolerated the toaster thing. It could this could be this guy could be toaster guy for the next little while. But he handled it like such a gentleman and the bar is so desperately low that I, as soon as he was like, well, all right, then I wish you the best. Goodbye. Good day. I was like, wait, come back. <laughs> Maybe you have a shot again. That, that I wonder indicates, um, if there is something wrong with me here, you know? And, and if this is one of the things that's going to make me lonely for the rest of my days, someone once called me out on that. I got, uh, I gave a guy a chance from the internet. We had a phone conversation. I didn't feel particularly compelled. There wasn't anything inherently off-putting or wrong about it. It just wasn't compelling to me. I never, I didn't feel a spark. I just, you know, can we just call it that sometimes? I didn't feel a spark with this mystery man. I, I, but I gave him a chance. Who else do you know is gonna give a rando a chance on the phone? Talk with them for an hour just because the alternative is rejecting somebody who could very well be a nice person. This guilt complex makes me go out of my way to do some pretty time-consuming things. Um, anyways, so, you know, it's, it's probably a people-pleasing need in me to be like, no way, come back, you're nice, you're actually respect my boundaries yeah but the guy that i did um talk on the phone with and then gently let down basically after that accused me of uh, uh of being lonely he prognosticated that i would be lonely forever because i didn't i didn't give him a chance 
he accused me of he kind of did a little bit of slut shaming where he was like you told a story about porn guy in your th one episode you were you almost went out with a porn guy and yet you won't give me a chance and it was like i think i'm perfectly well in my rights to say go fuck yourself in that situation aren't i i don't know i think i am shouldn't i be listen dating is 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 it's hard to put it simply um dating while trans uh harder impossible mode but dating while trans dating while trans while in the comedy industry while growing a fan base i'm not famous by any means but I'm public facing. That's the word I'm looking for. Very public facing. Public life. That I'm fucking dating on impossible mode. And so that's why I give all these randos a chance. The ones who don't ask me how long my fucking tongue is. And then it goes nowhere because I, in the end, I still have my own tastes. And my own standards. And I need to be stimulated. Mentally. I need banter. I need witticisms. And then beyond that, I'm just as shallow as every other fuck in the world. So I have my physical th things that just don't attract me or do, you know? God. Okay, that was that was supposed to be a quick rant. It wasn't. Um, this is this is the rant I want to get my teeth into. I'll sit up. That felt disrespectful laying down like that. I'm sorry I laid down. Check this out. So. Okay, I got I gotta be further back though. Knee up. Because we we lounging. We lounging here. Lounge dragon. Hey, look up lounge dragon. Alval. Trust me, it'll be worth it. Every once in a while I have to bring this up. It's good. Oh, I should post it on social media. Lounge dragon! It's a video, uh, my roommate and friend and I, roommate and friend is one person, not two. You can be friends with your roommate. It's the year 2023. Get with the program, people. Be progressive. Relationships are changing. Um, I think I needed to conclude that last uh, point and tangent and story is basically, I don't, I give too many people a chance and yet my guilt makes me feel like Everyone deserves one, and yet it gets me into a hole. I don't like, I don't deal with handing out rejection. That's no fun, because these people could well be perfectly nice and good. It just, I feel what I feel. I am what I am. It's got to be hard to approach me, I know. I'm very... Public facing. That's what I'm that's the word I'm gonna use. I'm a public facing ass bitch. And if you have the courage to try to court openly, I'm not talking about like, hey, can I rent a motel and see in person how long your tongue is? No. I'm talking, hey, can I take you out on a date? And and of course not pressure you to fuck after that first date. And not maybe not even in the second or third. Can I just sit across from you in a public space without shame and get to know you? And so everyone who is willing to extend me that baseline courtesy automatically gets a shot. 
And I realize I need to narrow my standards a little bit more. There you go. Um, okay, this is this is what I wanted to, to rant about. 24 minutes in, I talked about clownching and then ranted about rejecting people. Which I hope I don't do too much of that. But it's on the top of my brain and I don't like feeling like this. I want everybody to find love and have a chance. I don't want to spoil that for anybody. You know? I don't know. But also, forget the toaster. Leave the toaster alone. Enough with the toaster. <laughs> Fuck it, at this point, you know, I'm so hopeless in the dating landscape. I'll date the toaster. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um... Okay, this is this is what I wanted to really rant about. This is what upsets me. This is this is what upsets Avagus. <clears throat> I want to be fun. I want to be a fun person in all situations. I want to be the funnest in all the land. Of course I do. And I um I've developed quite a, a natural personality, a natural charisma and charm and ability to socialize and to um in spaces that aren't already prejudiced against me, I fit in pretty well. I I can read a room. I can social vibe. I have I have a good little empathetic streak. I'm I'm fun to talk to. I'm a fun hang. I think. That's what I'm told. But this is not me tooting my own horn. Um. And I'm also, but I'm also a comedian who very much loves what she does and takes great care and effort and hopefully pays enough attention to the integrity of it. The art form. I'm obsessed with the art form. Maybe in some ways I have a purist streak. All this to say, I can't, and I, and I just realized this now, I ranted about this uh, maybe 50, 60 episodes ago. I cannot play Cards Against Humanity. I can't. Any version of games like that where the the winner, the point is to be the funniest one and yet all your all you get cards and you just pick the funniest combination and in the end, depending on who you play with, if you play with normies, not comedians, then if you were lucky enough to draw the card that says, haha, and then his balls got sucked, or like, haha, and then a poop came out of his butt, there are trump cards. Basically, any card that's like finger blasting, you just put a card down that just says finger blasting. And everyone goes, <laughs> that's the one, that's the winner. I can't play cards against humanity. I cannot. It's, it's. But also, <laughs> this is partially why I hate it so much, is because I suck at it. I am so bad at cards against humanity. And the other one that we played, that the one that we played today, at this Friendsgiving dinner with comedian friends, three other comics that I hung out with, 
And I was the worst one, easily, by far. I was terrible at it. And I always, always am. <laughs> I'm always so bad at this game. I don't know what's missing. I don't get it. I, listen, I have confidence in my ability as a comedian. My record speaks for itself. So it's not an insecurity. It's, it's this weird special insecurity thing. It just brings out this little insecurity in me where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if there is a small logical puzzle piece that is missing from my head, but I, I can't, I can't figure out how to win at cards against humanity. I can't figure out what is funny about it. I hate doing it. I hate the comedian in me hates taking lines that are already written and just going this plus this. Uh, there's no creativity in that. If there is any, there's only a semblance. The tiniest bit of agency, artistic expression, and creativity is in just putting the things together, gluing them together, and then, you know, you sit there in front of this makeshift audience where they're like, oh, I like the one about the poop. And you're like, if you had given me five minutes, I could have riffed on why I chose what I chose. I could have riffed something funny about the situation that I just built. I have a whole scene in my head. I have dialogue, but it never fucking, I, I, ugh. and then I, and it's, it's the worst playing with people who aren't comedians, normies. And then when the truth comes out that I'm a comedian, get out of here. It's game over for me. Because now I have to. People think that Cards Against Humanity, and the one that we played today, what was what was it called? Uh, Joking Hazard by Cyanide and Happiness. That uh, the mm, Cyanide and Happiness. You know those uh, comic uh, panels, really funny with the simple characters with the very simple design, round head, rectangular body, stick arms, and legs. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Cyanide and happiness. Very popular. Uh, so it's like a, it's a, a picture version of Cards Against Humanity where like you, you just match, you match things, you mix and match until you create a, a, a punchline. And, uh, <laughs> and playing with comedians is different because everything's funny. We're joking about everything. And eventually it became a joke that I couldn't win a fucking round to save my life <laughs> because, and I sit there and I look at my hand and I'm like, none of this works. Like, I, it couldn't possibly be that I'm just unlucky all the time, but that's how it feels. Every time I play those games, I'm like, this hand is shit. I can't work with any of this. When do I get the card that says herpes all over my ball sack or whatever the stupid, dumb thing is, you know? When do I get, you know, poop on my head and rub it into my hair? <laughs> I hate those games. I'm so bad at them. And that's part of what pisses me off. I, I, I gotta be honest with myself. I don't like, I already take issue with the, with the, what an insult to comedy it is. Purist me cannot have a good time with this game. 
And I know I'm taking it too seriously. Of course I am. This is not an affront to comedy as an art form. This These games. <laughs> and yet, I sit there and I'm like, this isn't fucking fun. I would rather be like writing a joke. I would rather be riffing. This is a poor substitute for engaging humorous conversation. This is not fun. This is guided jokings. Guided joking. Guided joking is no fun. I get that it is for people who don't know how to do joking. This lets you do the this does the joking for you and then you feel you feel a sense of responsibility for being the one to to execute to glue these things together in a way that makes somebody go huh. it's worth nothing <laughs> it's not worth a damn thing <coughs> and so today when i was playing i was losing again and it's always the worst uh, just to finish that other point that I don't think I've, that I didn't tie that thread. Basically playing with people who know, who find out that you're a comedian or know that you're a comedian going in, it, it creates this unfair standard that I have to be good at cards against humanity, bitch. This isn't what I do for a living. I don't go on stage and take the card. Oh, nine things that I don't like about Santa Claus. Uh. He's got too much shit on his dick. And then everyone goes, <laughs> this is comedy. This is true comedy. It's Mad Libs. I cannot abide by Mad Libs. Okay, I'm probably uh, laboring the point. But um, it's it upsets me. In a funny way, when I'm around the right people, like around other comedians, it, it just became, it, that was part of the joke. And we can handle that. But around fucking normies? There is nothing more, I mean, comedians, we don't need to prove. This is a, an interesting thing about comedy. Like, you tell somebody you're a comedian, and it is one of the very few jobs in which people will be like, prove it right here, right now, do it. Tell me a joke. Prove it. And that, and there's this power dynamic that they create in which I now have to... You, you're wielding something above me. You're lording something over me that I have to prove my worthiness. I'm having my whole career um, audited in the corner of the kitchen at a house party just because you and then and they always fold their arms and they get all defensive and they harden up they're like oh this is i'm not ready to laugh they're never ready to laugh tell me a joke that's the worst and so um that's what that game becomes i suddenly am more scrutinized than everybody else at this table because they think that because i'm good at telling I, because I'm good at crafting fucking material with callbacks and with with through lines, 45 minute long sets. Oh, she can headline a show. She must be really good at cards against humanity. Fuck you. Get out of here. Oh, I hate it.
If I never have to play that game again, it will be too soon. But whatever, I'm a I'm a woman of the people and I play the games that, you know, I go along with the group and I take my lumps. But uh, I have played Cards Against Humanity before with a new group that it's, uh, at that point, it's game over. Every time I do that with a new group of people, I'm like, I'm never going to be friends with these people. It's over. I've ruined it. They've ruined it. This has ruined it. Cards Against Humanity has ruined any opportunity for me to bond with any of these people. It's over. <laughs> I wish I could do a tight five on every single contribution every time I put whatever cards down. I wish when they pick the winner, I could go, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. No, this is, trust me, this is why mine is the funniest is because of this uh, situation that I thought of in my head. And if, it, well, if, 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 you, if you give me like five to 10 minutes to explain, I can totally explain. So uh, it starts out with uh, like a hillbilly guy. He's like on his front porch with a banjo. I know that doesn't say anything on the cards, but trust me, that's like the backstory. That just sort of informs, I give them a whole character arc. I just, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm on another wavelength. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say that sort of pompous shit. I'm not going to claim I'm superior in any way. I don't think I am. I think Cards Against Humanity is so different from what I do. And uh, and I don't, I just don't have fun with it. But I've, I've learned to embrace, it's one of those things, I've learned to embrace how not fun it is. And, uh, you know, it's still not fun. But <laughs> unless you play, unless I play it with somebody who knows how deep my disdain for the game runs and then it becomes funny again because at least i'm i'm at least i have this person with me on this journey you know so anyways i think i covered it um i know i've i know i've spoken about it before but you get me all riled up i think about it and i need to talk about it Cards Against Humanity fucking sucks. It truly is against humanity. My humanity. As a comedian, as a joke writer, it offends all my sensibilities. Okay, I'll move on. Um, I, uh, this is an interesting thing. Uh, let me tell you a little something about, <clears throat> there is a guy I know. I won't, you know, it won't make a difference if I tell you that he's a comedian. Um, I won't give you any other details, but he's a comedian. <clears throat> I don't think he's professional yet. Uh, you might see why, but he, he, he's, uh, he drunkenly the other night told me that. He thinks he's a genius. So right away, anyone who says that automatically disqualifies themselves from contention. <laughs> you Once you've referred to yourself as a genius, or even uttered the words like, I suspect that I'm a genius, oh boy, you lack the self-reflection to qualify. Because I think any genius would at least have enough self-awareness to know how much they don't know. 
And I think geniuses, I think that that tends to feel like it's something you need. It's a quality you need to have as a genius to know how little you know. To know how much there is out there that is yet to be known to you, to humanity, mostly to you. Being a genius is an ever pursuit of knowledge. And and to think that you're a I don't know. Anyone, anyways, please listen. This this goes for like most things. <clears throat> Anybody you think of some examples, trust me. Think back to a time somebody called themselves a genius, unironically, in your presence. Were they? Were they? Doubt it. Think of the time somebody called themselves an empath. Were they? Doubt it. Those people are never as empathetic. Those people often have the least amount of empathy. The ones who are like, I'm an empath. No. You just have a lot of crystals in your room. You just put a lot of crystals by the window and that, and you think that makes you an empath. A lot of people think emp empathy is some... Uh, some... Uh, telepathic ability. Some people think empathy is telepathy. <laughs> Morons. Um, fools. Uh, so, so this guy who called himself a genius, he does this thing that I thought was such an interesting observation where he, um, he's kind of an edgelord. Are you sensing a pattern here? He's a bit of an edgelord. He, he uh, fancies himself a genius, probably because he finds himself so commonly ostracized for his opinions, for the things that he says. Um, he's, he belongs to that category of people who will claim, they're like, words don't matter. Everybody thinks words matter. Everybody, we are the ones who give power to words. And then he will immediately turn around and call somebody a fatty or something like that and be like, hey, hey, but words don't matter. Like... I tend to disagree. The the entire the group, the circle of people who just heard you call somebody a fatty, we all tend to disagree. Maybe that doesn't make us geniuses. Maybe being a genius means you're impervious to fat phobia. I don't know. <laughs> but impervious to insult in general. Well, words don't matter, therefore I don't I don't have, I'm not precious about when people antagonize me. No, no, no. Um, often a lot of geniuses have egos. But that's neither here nor there. So, this is an interesting thing that I thought was just a very particularly funny habit that he would do. He would say a mean thing, this comedian. He would say a mean thing and then go, just kidding, can you imagine? He said, I counted in the conversation that I was there with him. He did this six times where he would say something borderline rude or straight up rude, crossing into rudeness territory. I'm trying to even think of an example. And most of the time it was just blatant homophobia. To be honest, he would drop, he would drop, drop the F slur all the time. 
and it'd be like, huh, just kidding. Can you imagine if I said that though? Like, yes, I can imagine you said that. You literally just did. It's not easy to imagine what happened fucking two seconds ago. What are you doing? You think, can you imagine is some magical spell you've just cast on the conversation retroactively to undo the cruel thing that you just said? How moronic is that? What kind of a genius is not aware that saying, can you imagine, undoes the stupid fucking asinine antagonistic thing that you just said to people? And then when they get mad, be like, oh, words don't matter. Your entire, your entire, um, <clears throat> not vocabulary, your entire method of conversation is insulated against criticism or critical thought for that matter, self-reflection. Your entire system of communication is is protected by this false shield of and of course you hide behind the whole it was a joke thing can you imagine is his i'm just kidding but you 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 can't unsay things that's not how it works so um i found that very interesting but i think it's kind of funny that this guy is going through life saying the mean thing and going can you imagine though to somebody's face after he just fucking emotionally punched them. <clears throat> can you imagine? Oh yes, I can imagine very well. Very accurately. Maybe I'd have a perfect imagination. Maybe I'm an empath. Maybe I'm an empath because I can imagine perfectly if if you said that. Yeah. Like, like with incredible accuracy and detail. With incredible, de you were wearing that exact shirt. You were standing right there. I was standing here. You called me a big fat fatty in front of three of my friends. I can imagine that. I can imagine you doing something like that. <laughs> Wild. <clears throat> this is like a deeper. I am um, a lot of my self-deprecating humor. A lot of self-deprecating humor in general. I feel like I feel pretty confident that I can speak on behalf of a lot of people who employ self-deprecating humor as a defense against like once you've punched inward, you can't you can't be hurt by someone else wielding the same insult. Once I've once I've commented something about myself, you can't say the same thing and have it have the same effect because I've beaten you to it. And I've already shown you that I'm aware of this uh, shortcoming. <clears throat> so, in in essence, I've disarmed you as well. Because if you were to also say the same thing, now you're a shit-ass, now you're dogpiling me, now you're kind of an asshole. So, it's a, it's a very effective... Self-deprecating humor is such an effective way of disarming conversation, relaxing people, but also to protect yourself from harm. <clears throat> Fuck, where was I going with this? Mm. Okay, ugh. Fuck! I had a deeper point. But, um, 
I think I wanted to make some point about blind spots. And basically, uh, you know, I like to think that I am especially self-reflective, maybe to the point of um, uh, cripplingly self-reflective, where I so overanalyze the things I think and do <clears throat> that I get paralyzed into inaction or indecision, big time, and uh, and and it it also translates into a perfectionism, this heightened awareness of what I'm doing wrong, what I where I could potentially go wrong. So I I know that I overemploy this tactic to like punch inward before anybody else can. And I want to grow beyond that because I don't think it's particularly healthy. I think it serves a purpose, always has, and I'm grateful that I've developed it as a skill. But I think I need to outgrow it, you know? And, and yet, I'm just worried about blind spots. I think, oh, fuck, man, there was a point I, in my head that flashed, and I was like, ooh, yes, let's dig. Let's dig deep into my soul, and I lost my way. Sometimes when I try to dig deep into my soul, I'm like a mole. I'm trying to dig into my mole soul, and I'm, and I'm scratching away, and I'm digging, and I'm digging, and sometimes I have an internal compass I have an instinct, a mole's instinct, that I'm like, that's where the, that's where I'm gonna make my den. <laughs> that's where the treasure is. Okay, let's say I'm a mole just hunting for treasure. Okay, just bear with me. And I'm like, vaguely know, uh, through the, through the, through my whiskers. However moles know where they're going when they're underground. That's, that's a flash of an idea in my head where I go, this is the direction. And then... Don't moles ever get lost sometimes when they're digging around? They're like, well, the, he looks back at his wife. He's like, I don't know where the fuck we are. So that's what happens to me sometimes. I have an idea and I'm like, ooh, that's good. It'll take you a while to get there. You're going to need to explain yourself a bit along the way. And then memory guess, it's gone. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know where what my point was. I think the point I wanted to make was about blind spots, and uh, I just worry about my blind spots. I want to be self-aware enough that I'm not forgetting something about myself, or I'm not, like, neglecting neglecting a, a, this obvious um, hindrance to my growth, this obvious... Uh, bad habit, shitty habit that hurts people or um, just makes things less of a good time. You know, the habit of going, can you imagine is a blind spot to this guy. I pointed it out to him. I don't think he internalized it at all. He was like, I don't know. I don't remember what he said, but he probably said something to the effect of, hey, you're a tranny. Can you imagine if I said that to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I can I think I can wrap my head around that. Um, <laughs> I don't need to be Dr. Seuss to fathom a reality in which uh, you called me a, the T-slur. Anyways, um, 
yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm covering my bases, or I'm at least reflecting deeply enough to be able to um, notice some some pattern, some kind of habit that is uh, holding me back or hurting the people around me, you know? And I wish that upon us all, a level of self-criticism and reflection, not to the level of, uh, not to the point of debilitating, you know, not to the point that it handcuffs you, but enough that you grow and you challenge yourself. I want you people out there to challenge yourselves. How's that? We're going to end on that. Um, I want pierogies. I'm going to go make some food. My stomach has been hurting all day. I think it was the wine. I just kept sipping on wine, red wine, and made my teeth all red. But I kept sip, sip, sipping, and it hurt my tum-tum. And I had a stomach ache all day, and now it's gone, and now I kind of want pierogies. So I'm going to go and make those, and I'm going to have them, and I might have a grilled cheese, although my stomach hurt all day, so I probably shouldn't have dairy, or I just probably shouldn't eat cheese and bread. I should probably make a salad. Two fistfuls of greens with every meal. That's the Avagus way. Did you know that? Some people say, Avagus, how do you stay so trim? Uh, how do you stay so healthy? Lots of greens with every meal. I say two fistfuls, but, you know, I don't measure that shit. I eat until I'm full. I'm not a calorie counter. I don't obsess over that stuff because I see people who do, and it does not look fun. It does not look productive. It really doesn't. I don't know anyone who's healthy who meticulously counts their calories. Girl, you don't have to worry about that shit. Use your instincts. Use your guts. Should I have this eighth bowl of pasta? I don't know. Use your discretion. You know? Should I have this chicken breast with a side of rice and broccoli? That sounds pretty well balanced to me. It sounds like you won't blow chunks out your ass or balloon into a fucking house if you have that chicken and rice with broccoli. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm speaking for privilege. Maybe my body digests chicken and rice and broccoli different from yours. <laughs> but but uh, anyways, don't count calories. I don't, I don't, the people who do... First of all, you're insufferable. Sorry, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> this is, here we go, Mingus. Can you imagine if I said that? Can you imagine if I called people who count calories insufferable? I hate to say it, but it's true. Shut the fuck up. Keep it to yourself if you have to. I don't care. I don't care. You bum everybody else out. People who, who are like, oh, and then I had a carrot and that was 45 calories. And then I and then I looked at a muffin and that was six calories. Shut the fuck up. You're stressing us all out. Stop it. Keep it to yourself. It's not healthy. You know, maybe when you have a double Big Mac supersized meal, maybe be mindful of how many calories you are ballpark intaking. I think that's it's healthy to know vaguely what's high in calorie and what isn't okay but when you're like yesterday i had yesterday i had 1236 calories I'm like ah don't put that on me leave me out of it ugh 
Anyways, have fistfuls of greens. You can't go wrong with greens, bitch. Eat lots of greens. That's how I stay trim. Eat lots of greens. Have a little bit of protein with every meal. Have a little bit of carbs with every meal. And that's that. Privileged guests, I know. I know. If you have an eating disorder, I am not addressing this to you. I apologize. I hope um, you can find some peace and some um, balance. I hope you can. I hope you can figure it out. Um, just don't rope me into it. That's all. Don't do your calorie counting around me. You're gonna give me an eating disorder. <laughs> you know. Anyways, I hope I hope you're all good. I hope you're all healthy. Sincerely, um, yeah. Just treat yourselves with kindness and and don't fucking body shame. All our bodies are beautiful, except the fatties. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I said that? Can you imagine? Okay, but I am seriously kidding about that. Um, as you guys can, if you've been listening, maybe ten episodes ago. Yeah, I may or may not have had a, a producer, uh, a short phase in my podcast career in which uh, I had a producer who spoke very unfavorably uh, towards the obese. And, um, you know, podcast is no longer about that. It never was. But um, she tolerated a bit too much. And for that, I, I take full ownership. I apologize. But, um... Y'all are all cool. Everybody's cool. All bodies are beautiful. Take care of yours. Don't don't put so much pressure on it. Anyways, what the fuck am I talking about? And also, don't play Cards Against Humanity with me. I hate that game. I hate that game. Fuck Cards Against Humanity. That's all I'm saying about that. That's all I have to say about that. Alright, um... This was fun. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving! I forgot to even really, uh, go into that, but, like, whatever. Uh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving, so hang up your moose and pat your beaver on the head and give thanks to uh, the goddess of maple. May, sh may your maple trees grow strong and may the syrup pour out the dick hole of your maple tree. Uh, and may, may your Tim Hortons be extra double-double. May you keep your stick on the ice, boys. Sticks on the ice, boys. Okay, uh, thanks guys. That was Podgish. We'll see you next week. Have a good uh, time out there.